0: We went from having no seats during musical chairs to rearranging seats on the deck of the Titanic while the band is playing. You're Locked on Flames. Your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Flames. It is trade deadline edition. We are here to talk to you all about what what the heck happened today and really leading up to this point. As always, I'm your host Jess Belmosto and Nick is here to join me today. Uh, Nick, how are you doing? I know you've been a busy bee this afternoon.
1: Hey man, this is busy season. Like, you know how accountants say April's busy season for content people? The deadline is busy season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, who who wins this deadline? Who, who
1: walks away with a participation trophy? The clear-cut winners, um, the Bruins, the Devils, the Leafs, the Rangers... I would yeah. say those are your definite four winners because they added the most significant and largest pieces some teams made smaller moves and we'll talk about them a little bit later but i, I think that the bruins are already at 100 points and it's the first week of march and they added a top four defenseman mm-hmm. someone in hathaway who can play middle six but is probably going to be a third liner and bertuzzi who's probably going to play third line but is has played in the top six in the past in detroit i think the bruins already made a good team better um I think the Leafs added exactly where they needed. They got a little bit better defensively in adding McCabe. They got a fourth line center in Lafferty. They got Ryan O'Reilly in there a couple weeks ago. So I, I think there's a real argument those two teams definitely. And then you go a little below that. The Devils added one. Really- you don't know if they're going to be able to keep him beyond this year, but they didn't give up a ton to get him. So did really well there. And then the rangers they had two top six forwards a third pair defenseman shore up the team cert get guys out of the top six who didn't belong there and jimmy veasley and barkley goudreau whether or not those moves ultimately work out i think the rangers are a little bit more questionable as opposed to the other three just because you don't really know what you're going to get from kane or tarasenko because tarasenko and kane haven't really played meaningful hockey in a while so we'll see i think there's plenty of time for the rangers to figure it out but i definitely think the three atlantic division teams excuse me the two atlantic division teams the devils and the rangers for sure at the top of the list as winners yeah
0: absolutely you know i think that uh tarasenko going to new york was just absolutely um it it was meant to be it feels like you know i think that the rangers really needed that um again they had an excellent playoff run last year it was a run that no one expected uh it's always fun to watch kind of like an underdog team like the calgary flames were last year although it didn't really feel like it because they ran away with the division but you know these teams that are kind of going through like weird transitional phases and then they become like an you know a seriously deep playoff team and i think you know last year was a a true testament to what the rangers could become and you know you have to lose. you have to learn how to lose in order to know how to win and pff, the leafs have done that they know they know how to lose in the playoffs too and they're they made a lot of good moves and it it does pain me to uh compliment the leafs it, it you know but i'll all good things have to come at a price. And it's, you know, my compliments really uh, add on to that. But I think that this is, again, I think goaltending is always going to be their biggest issue. um, Just because of the health, you never know what you're getting with your goaltenders, uh, especially so late in the season.
1: Yeah, I also would like to give a mention to the teams that realized and were honest with themselves, like the Capitals, like the Predators, that instead of forcing it, they said, okay, let's take a step back let's get our expiring contract let's get assets in return for expiring contracts and we'll take a real stab at it next year so good on brian mcclellan in washington and good on david poyle in nashville for recognizing instead of trying to force it giving up future assets just to go into the first round to get smoked that let's take a step back Let's reassess in the summer let's have a little more cap flexibility let's get some draft picks in here maybe some younger roster players and take an honest stab at it next summer because we know we don't have a chance this year
0: and that's some true accountability and self-awareness that i feel like a majority of people in positions of power in this league don't have have. i mean in general people don't there's a serious lack of self-awareness and and the NHL, I just feel like it's the poster child for that because they're the ones in the corner saying my child is fine when your child is clearly not fine. But I really do appreciate, uh, you know, I think Nashville bringing in Barry Trotz is going to be a lot of uh, a lot of fun for Nashville. I think it's going to be great to see that change of um, just personnel for the first time in franchise history. I think that's going to be very interesting to examine and hopefully a brighter future for the team.
1: So one other team I would like to give an honorable mention to is Edmonton. They added Ekholm, who a clear cut need, the Oilers, we all know, the Oilers' defense is an issue. Their goaltending is questionable. You bring in Ekholm, okay. You try and stabilize your defense, get a little bit better defensively. He'll also play PK, which will help them. You get Tyson Barry out of there, who's a net negative defense lead, even though he gives you a lot offensively. Tighten up your defense. Not a slam dunk move. I mean, two weeks ago they went from maybe they could get Eric Carlson to they ended up with Matthias Ekholm. Ekholm's a good defenseman. Don't yeah. get me wrong. He's a good defensive defenseman, and Eric Carlson would have only exacerbated the offensive orientation of the Oilers team, but the West is wide open. If there were ever a year for the Oilers to make the cup final with Connor McDavid having like 45 points in 27 games, (laughs) this would be the year. This would be the year.
0: Yeah. And you know, I think that would be magnificent for the sport. It would pain the people of um, Alberta that are, you know, of Calgary, I guess I should say, but um, we're just Anything is possible. We, we
1: in the West, have... at least. In the, in the West. West, at least.
0: Yes, in the West, we've we've seen it before. But you've also seen Columbus go out and sweep Tampa Bay, correct? In the first round. So again,
1: it's it's why all of the panels on all of the shows today said, "Would you take the Bruins or the field in the East?" And they all looked at each other and said, "The field," because hockey is too unpredictable. Yeah, the great team. Tampa had the greatest regular season of the salary cap era, and lost in four games to a Columbus team that lost all of its core a month, two weeks later. As soon as they got eliminated in the second round, everybody who was a pending free agent, Duchesne, Panarin, they all threw up the deuces and said they left. So, you really don't know what's going to happen, which is what makes hockey so much more inherently chaotic than the other sports. The other sports, generally speaking, the better team wins more often. Hockey, because of the way the game is played, because of how random the events within said game are, it does lend itself to chaos a little bit more than the other sports.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And coming up next, if we talk about the winners, you know we're going to have to talk about the losers. And nothing gets me more excited than having to talk about just the negativity in hockey <laughs> and just dunking on other teams. And what fuels my day are the delicious tasting protein bars from Built Bar. We are now in March, and I'm sure some of us have given up on our New Year's resolutions, but not me. My New Year's resolution was to increase my protein intake. And of course, Built Bar makes that possible. They are delicious. They don't taste like sandpaper. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, so it feels like I'm actually eating something that is, like, supposedly horrible for me, but I'm putting goodness in my body. And they come in flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and co- coconut almond. There's a wide variety on their website as well that you can check out at Built.com. They're packed with 17 grams of protein, which is almost a recommended serving uh, per per meal. So you're getting a lot there. And if you are not in the mood to wait around to try Built Bars, you can head on over to Sam's Club or Walmart and run to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. They have four bar boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate or the coconut puffs. And at Sam's Club, Sam's Club they're offering a 13 bar box of brownie batter and churro. And you can thank me later. Thanks everyone for hanging out with us today. I hope you are enjoying the trade deadline coverage that you are getting from everyone at the Lockdown Network. Uh, today was about as, as boring as we expected up until that last hour. And even then, it wasn't anything spectacular. There were no fireworks. The only thing that really made me oh my goodness, was a Flames trade for the Ritchie brothers, which we'll talk about later, but like, what, what on earth, who, who is your biggest loser?
1: Um, it feels weird to say because they're in a pretty good spot, but I feel like Winnipeg really missed an opportunity to add to a good team. Like they went out and they got Nemesnikov, who's fine depth forward, but they needed more, I mean, if there were ever a year to ride your best goalie in the league, which Hellebuck is one of the three best, and hope you get lucky, this would have been it. I understand that they historically Winnipeg does not like to give up assets, they like to slow play things, because it's hard to get guys to go there in free agency, it's hard to keep guys there long term. They have the uncertainty of not knowing what Pierre-Luc Dubois' future is, what Mark Scheifele's future is, what Blake Wheeler's future is, I understand all of that. If they're ever a year to throw caution to the wind and say, we can come out of the West and then anything could happen in the cup final, hella bucks on a heater, this was the season. Mm-hmm. I would argue Dallas probably could have stood to add someone a little more impactful than Max Domi. I would argue that the Penguins probably should have added somebody better than Michael Grandlin, Dmitry Kulikov, or Nick Benino. I would argue that Tampa Bay probably should have added something better than Tanner Janot, and I've, they added someone else today who's a little bit more of a depth guy. Uh, the Flyers, not trading JVR, they could have gotten a second. I don't know. I, I, when you have conflicting reports like that, Elliot said the trade kind of fell apart. Yeah, Missed opportunity to trade an expiring contract. Anytime you are a team that's not going to make the playoffs and you don't really have the means to keep a player, you got to trade them. You gotta get asset value back. Uh, yeah, it, you probably stand to benefit from keeping JVR around these last two, three weeks of the season, but an extra third-round pick helps, even yeah. if you use that in a trade down the line. That's one more asset you have in your toolbox. Um, I understand why Buffalo wasn't more aggressive. Uh, they don't know how long Dolly and Tucker are both gonna be out, but that was a team I was, that was a team that, like, two weeks ago, I was like, the Sabres should trade for Timo Meyer. Go for it. Get nuts. They have plenty of cap space. Add an impactful top six guy. Put Tajian him out there and see what happens. I understand why they didn't end up doing that. I would also say Florida, missed opportunity. They should have traded Sam Bennett. They probably should have traded Anthony Duclair. Radko Gudis. They had plenty of guys they could have gotten assets back for because they're probably, they're at 66 points. They're four back of the second wild card. They could get there but probably going to be a tall order for them but what about you who do you think lost today
0: i florida that was just my first just the first team that really came to mind because you know there were talks of anthony duclair potentially not only going to calgary but just being on the move in general um i thought that they were going to do something with you know some expiring contracts and i feel like it would have been truly beneficial to them because they had lost so many draft picks and a lot of their assets last summer. And, you know, they did lose a good prospect in Colschwin. And when you don't have much to build off of, you're going you're to end up going back to your empty arena days. And do you want to see that for the state of hockey in Florida? Um, I do think that Oh, I I don't think that the sh- that the ducks really had room to do anything besides get rid of Klingberg, so I wouldn't put them truly in a winner or loser section. Um for once I think that they are just uh middle of the
1: pack. Is that okay? No, I almost got duped. I I had a notification pop up, and I was like, "Wait a minute, that sounds fishy." And yeah, no, it was wrong. It was not. It was not a factually correct tweet. Okay, we're fun. <laughs> we're fun. It was like w- Winnipeg Jets trade for Ivan Provorov, and I was like, "Wait a minute." No it's way. It's like three thirty. Yeah, yeah. It's like three. It's like three forty-five fifty at this point. Would yeah. have heard something by now. But in terms of losing, the only way you lose at the deadline are. If you lose guys in the summer for nothing, so if the Ducks had kept Klindberg, that's an example. Yes. Bennett, Duclair, Radko Gudis in Florida, JVR in Philadelphia, or if you don't add enough, like Winnipeg, like Dallas, maybe you could argue Carolina could be in this category because yeah. they only had a they only had a Bear and Puljuhavi, who are both solid adds, but those are depth pieces, like Pujarvi is going to be their Jesper Foss replacement, like Foss is a pending UFA, oh. he'll slide into that spot, and then bear solid, he can run your second power play, he can move the puck around, but Carolina is going to be in the thick of it, is maybe the fifth best team in the East in terms of talent, we've seen them now since they made that conference final in 2019, kind of struggle to get back to that point, and even when they did get to that conference final in 2019, the Bruins swept them real quick out of there, so... They're a talented team, but the Rangers have more talent. The Devils, the Leafs, the Lightning, the Bruins. So if you're the fifth or sixth best team and you're only adding depth pieces, maybe that's an admittance you, you, you your your executive group doesn't think you're you're that good. Because if you yeah. were, you would have met the asking price for a Timo Meyer or a Jacob Chikrin or a Tarasenko, somebody yeah. who could have made a tangible impact. And I understand Carolina's plans have kind of been derailed because Pacioretty retours Achilles, and that mm-hmm. was supposed to be their, like, slam dunk. We finally got our 30-goal guy, because uh, other than Ajo and Svechnikov, I mean, Marty Natchez is having a very good season this year, but he's not a 35-40 goal guy no. the way Pacioretty is. So Carolina, I would say you might be able to put in the loser category as well.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, there was actually a quote from their general manager that had just come out right before we got on, and he said, you know, you you watch the market. You don't react to it. And it's just kind of like, yeah, but you had a chance to still add. You were in talks with uh, Calgary in terms of their pending UFAs for 2024. Why not add an Elias home? That's another 40-goal scorer. You need someone.
1: Oh, I completely agree with you. <laughs> I, I I do think some of this comes down to Carolina's ownership just being cheap. We, yes. we know that historically that Tom Dundon, as the owner of the Hurricanes, has opted to save money wherever he can. Um, if you ever are bored... And you want to look into things like the way I do when I'm bored, you can look up where NHL owners make their money. And Tom Dundon made all his money in uh, predatory car loans and like repossessing poor people's cars and giving them really bad loans. And then investing the money he made from that in Top Golf and then selling stock in Top Golf. So. Oh my God. So he runs the Hurricanes the way a hedge fund would run something where they're looking to cut costs as much as they can while making as much money as they can. And that's not to say like. They they've taken on money like they took on Pacheretti they took on Brent Burns, but they probably should have just kept Dougie Hamilton. I mean Dougie Hamilton is worth the contract the Devils are giving him. Yes,
0: and that's the thing is they I don't I can't take Carolina seriously because they just let Dougie walk, like they just did that and it's just like they didn't put up a fight they didn't do anything, you know besides them signing Tony D'Angelo and you know and trading him. Uh, yeah, like what – do you know what you're doing with your organization? Because it just – I have a very hard time taking them seriously. I thought that they were really a force to be reckoned with in 2019, and then they fall flat on their face. They've and been, then they haven't proven themselves since.
1: No, nah, pro- they don't have the high-end talent you need to go on a deep playoff run. You saw it last year against the Rangers. Yeah. I've talked about this ad nauseum. When the chips get pushed into the middle and it's two teams that are 50-50 coin flip style, what wins? The better players. Yes. When you put your best players on the ice against my best players, if my team's best players are better than yours, you're gonna have a harder time winning. Aho and Svechnikov are very good players, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. They're both probably top 50, top 40 guys in the entire league. In the East, you're, look, you talk about some of the other teams, You got Bergeron and Pasternak, who are both top 20 players, and that doesn't include their back end, where you have McAvoy, who's arguably a top 20 player in the league. The Lightning, you have Kucherov and Point, who are both probably top... 20, 25 players. Mm -hmm. You talk about the Rangers who have Zabinijad, Panarin, Fox. That's three guys who are arguably in the top 20. You talk about the Leafs who have arguably four guys in the top 30, and it really quickly becomes, well, we have a lot of depth. That's great in the regular season. In the regular season, depth is awesome. You need it to be successful in the playoffs, but everybody is deep once you get to a certain part of the playoffs and that's where having the more talented high-end players makes the difference that's not to say carolina can't get better that maybe marty natures does stay he becomes this 25 30 goal guy that he's shown flashes of this year but based on everything we have seen from the hurricanes the last couple of playoff runs i don't think they're a stanley cup team in the same ilk of toronto tampa the rangers the bruins the lightning
0: no. And if they were, and if they saw themselves as that, they would have done anything to have gotten a Noah Hannafin, an Elias Lindholm, a tafoli someone to who, someone
1: to. To raise act- the ceiling. To right. raise the ceiling.
0: And to even just like a shot in the dark. You don't know, like, you know, this guy's a good player, but and yeah, you have to give up a little bit to get him, but. It, it adds something to your team and you didn't add anything so it's just disappointing um i imagine for carolina fans but i mean i i don't really care they're in the eastern conference
1: it's one less team to worry about that's basically how i look at it the it's one less team in the East to be worried about. There's already five really good teams. Like any of the top five teams in the East, I think could win the cup. I think Tampa, yeah. Toronto, the Bruins, the Rangers, the Devils. I think any of those five teams could win the Stanley Cup.
0: You think the that Devils out. can? I
1: think the Devils absolutely. The Devils have one of the five best players in the league right now in Jack Hughes. He could go two points per game the entire way, like McDavid did last yeah. year, and. They got Dougie, they've had above-average goaltending all year. That's where you can be skeptical of them, because they've had Akira Schmidt, Blackwood hasn't been very good when he's played, if he's played, and Vanacek's been above-average, but you can't really, nobody would, I wouldn't bank on Vanacek being great. Uh, Akira Schmidt's been okay, but he's still kind of underdeveloped, he's still not ripe as a baby goalie yet. He needs a little bit more seasoning before we talk about him, but (laughs) I think the Devils could. I think the Devils can get hot. Oh, I don't want that.
0: I don't want that. I never want to see good things happen to the state of New Jersey. Uh, but that is just a personal vendetta. And coming up next, we are also going to talk about my personal vendetta against uh the Richie brothers. It's all love there. There's nothing real there. But before we do that, I do want to tell you about indeed, no matter how the last game went, anytime you take the field, you've got, you've got a shot of greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. Indeed partners you on every step of the hiring process. You can find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post right now at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. The offer is valid through March 31st, 2023 with instant match over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post. According to Indeed data, Indeed helps star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding. That's quite a variety. Uh, So Head on over to indeed.com slash locked on today to claim that $75 job posting credit. (sighs) Nick, are you going to use Indeed when I get fired? (laughs) You're funny. You take my job? Uh,
1: No, no. Speaking of silly people who might need to update their resumes to go on Indeed, there's a few teams we can put in the what are you doing category. 100%. the Flames, one of them, because they effectively did nothing. Uh, Troy Stetcher's better than Michael Stone, yeah, yeah. sure. They swapped Richie brothers. Neither I'm... of those is going to be the reason they get hot down the stretch here. No. And no. Just a missed opportunity to re-evaluate. You can tell the Flames don't, like we talked about on yesterday's show, the Flames don't have direction, and it trickles down to every level of decision-making. And they didn't... They they added a sixth defenseman which yeah great. Troy Stetcher's better than Michael Stone mm-hmm. sure and they they swapped Richie brothers so okay one guy on the fourth line's different. Effectively nothing. Uh the Canucks are in this category, the Flyers are in this category. I would argue the Red Wings might be in this category, but it depends cuz they got decent value for some of the things they ended yeah. up doing. Other than that, I mean those would be my three i i I don't understand what the canucks are doing i didn't really get the point of what the flames have done today and the flyers just i i don't get what the flyers are doing ever basically
0: i don't know what the flyers are doing other than like bringing together insurrectionists (laughs) and like are they gonna bring back like the watch your tone podcast like is tony i know tony d'angelo has been doing his little mic stuff to like fix his public image, going around his teammates asking for stuff and being like, I forget what the question was, but some of his teammates were like, "No, I'm not playing." So you know they're just gonna start broadcasting that before games. Um, bringing in Brandon Lemieux, I don't know what he does
1: besides my friend. That's it. They created yeah. for one of Tony's friends. Uh, we, yeah. we know. The Flyers have done this forever. They brought in Hayes' friends for a couple of years. Right. Yeah. They brought in to- one of Tony's friends. They're all just having a terrible time. You might as well have your friends with you. Yeah. You can
0: all play in the sandbox together. Um, uh, The thing that I am happy about for the Flames is Connor Mackey. He is finally getting a change of scenery. He's and out of Calgary. The I hope, you know, him and Valimaki both were just kind of a victim to a a log jam with being young defensemen. (laughs) Valimaki's mouthed off, got into a fight uh, with uh, Sutter's kid when he was on uh, the rain still. So it was just a mess for Valimaki to try to, like, truly make a difference. And he just wasn't a good defenseman in this system goes to arizona i'm pretty sure he's playing on the top pair so he's been good there he has been so uh best of luck to connor Mackey. you know
1: hope hope this works it's complicated uh the flames are kind of screwed i i I think that's really the only way to describe it i mean they're five points back of winnipeg winnipeg is three games in hand on them and they've got two games against the wild in the next week it i think it's pretty safe to say the flames are going to keep falling further and further back barring something dramatic happening i mean i'm pulling up their schedule right now i mean today is the four today's the third they've got the wild tomorrow and on monday excuse me they've got the wild tomorrow dallas on monday the wild again on tuesday and then Anaheim, Ottawa, Arizona. That might be the last gasp there. Uh, Anaheim, Ottawa, Arizona. If you can get six out of six points against those three, okay, maybe you stop the bleeding. Yeah. But then you go Vegas, Dallas, Kings, and then yeah. you might be dead by then.
0: Yeah, no. They're going to embarrass me when I'm at the Kings game, right on the glass, on the side where they shoot twice. So, watch for me on Sportsnet. I'll probably just be crying because they're just going to humiliate me um, in public at No Way Arena. But, uh, no, like, in all seriousness, like, I I thought that that stretch back, I think it was in December, it was like a stretch of six games where they really needed, it was just Mulligan. He said they
1: needed 10 out of 12, and they got 11 out of 12.
0: Yeah, and that was great that was the streak that i thought could really help cushion their season now you're hanging on rose doesn't have any room for you on the door you're in the freezing ocean the titanic is sinking
1: they've got 20 games left they are they're playing at a 540 win percentage my back of the my back of the envelope math tells me that over twenty games a five forty point percentage would give you about twelve standing points, and everybody in front of you is playing at least at five ninety because Winnipeg's five ninety, 590, Edmonton's five ninety seven, Seattle's six zero seven. So unless something dramatic changes in the next week or so, I, I I think we can say that the Flames definitely fall into the what are you doing category.
0: Yeah. But I will say this, Jacob Markstrom. It's only been two games, but he's looked pretty good. Yes. He has looked more focused. He's tracking the puck. A few of the shots last night against Toronto, I I was ready to watch them go in. Yeah. And yeah. he said, "Oh no, no, <laughs> you know who I am." And I was like, oh, okay, Jacob Markstrom, you're back." But, you know, I think the Flames are still at a serious disadvantage. It, it's very clear who was making these calls today. It, it's Daryl Sutter. Bradtree Living will help you update your resume for a small fee of $200,000 um, and a cover letter to match. So, um, yeah. No, I just... Uh, I don't know. It's just... Neither do it, the Flames. Yeah. It's just a big what on earth is going on. Correct, correct. And I think that's where we'll leave today because there's not much else to report. Um, The flames are done. So the remainder of the trades are just going to trickle in. It's just after. It's like 4.15 right now, uh, Eastern time when we're wrapping up. So hopefully everyone's trade list is updated and people actually looked this time but uh yeah make sure you subscribe to the show on uh youtube or wherever you get your favorite podcasts super easy it's free um make sure notifications are on and leave a little five star rating and a nice little review Uh, helps the show out a lot and it means a lot to us and thank you for your continued support uh, things are looking really good on the back end of the show. So we really we love to see the show growing and uh, thanks for sticking around and maybe dipping your toes into a new uh, western team. if you're a fan of the Rangers, you can be part of Nick's carryover uh, or you're just here because you enjoy misery. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mosto and you can follow Nick at Nick Zeraris. And uh, we will see you after the weekend. Yes. Be safe, everyone.